Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Red Side of Trent. I'm your host, Christian Brown, and I'm joined by Reese Lane at present with an Adam Wicklow soon to be joining us. In case you're wondering why it's a random side of the screen that isn't <laughs> is completely open for those who are um, watching on YouTube. Um, but yes, Reese, uh, I guess we'll start with you. How are you, first and foremost? Um, I'm good, mate. Are you? Glad to hear it. Uh, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I think mm. I'm, yeah, still a bit. On a, personal, on a personal front, yeah. I'm fine. On yeah, a footballing front, that's a different topic. It's probably the best way to look at it. But obviously, <laughs> yeah, so we come to you um, shortly after Nottingham Forest 2-1 defeats at home to Arsenal, which on the face of it isn't you know, a most unexplained result in the world. I think most people in the fans expected Arsenal to win that game. So basically reversal of the game that happened at the Emirates, really. But um, this time around... There is obviously once again a big goalkeeping issue, which makes us feel like we're repeating ourselves, but never mind. But we will start, Reese, and uh, this should give you enough ample time to talk before Adam comes here. Uh, the team. So the team came in, obviously, Turner was in goal, which naturally was bad news from the get go. But most uh, surprisingly, I suppose, was the fact that he went with Nico, Nico Williams and Dominguez on each wing, which was very surprising. Um, for me personally, and we, me and you both agreed in the chat before the game. We're both like, surely that leaves us with no out going forward and no pace to counter. How did you sort of see the team, and were you quite surprised at the, that selection in particular? Yeah, because like we uh, discussed, Christian, it was kind of like how we're going to kind of get out. Um, it was very much a team selection for me. What was to kind of soak up pressure for an hour, which to be fair you know, actually worked. It was probably nil-nil, wasn't it, after the hour mark? And, you know, we'll come on to the goals later. But, um, yeah, for what we what we saw from Nuno in the, in the first few games, we was playing this 4-2-3-1. Uh, I know he, he has been um, 
not helped by the fact we've not had two natural wingers. But I did find it a bit odd that we was playing a centre mid on the wing and with respect to Nico, he's a right wing back um, rather than a winger. I know some there has been a few fans saying, oh, he can play on the wing, but not for me personally, but that's down to personal opinion. So I was surprised. Again, I know as well, people have been on Hudson Adoy's back a little bit. I was surprised to kind of see he'd been dropped. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing Langer just wasn't fit enough to play to start. There will be people who say, well, we shouldn't be on the bench, but we kind of down to bare bones, aren't we, a bit at the minute with the AFCON guys still at, in, in the Ivory Coast. So, yeah, I was a little bit, a little bit disappointed, I guess, about the team and the fact that, like we said, Christian, it was a case of are we going to get out? And to be honest, the first half was, it was literally the gift of the the Mexico-Portugal game and the Simpsons where it wanted, where Arsenal was just kind of passing it around. And it was, to be, even from their perspective, it was such a, a boring first half, wasn't it? Um, but um, the, the, the game plan, what I thought Nuno had come up with, which is, like I said, to keep it tight for an hour and then we could bring on the likes of Tyro, the likes of um, Alanga and Hudson-Odoi, it actually worked until we shot ourselves in the foot again. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. Oh, we're delighted to be joined by Adam now. So welcome, Adam. Um, so we'll come to you. I mean, the first half largely went without incident. I mean, generally speaking, it was pretty much, as Rhys said, we did a very good containing job. We had one maybe half break we could have done something with when Woods was played in by Gibbs White and he probably could and should have passed it to Montiel but decided to randomly shoot from 30 yards despite having three men around him. But other than that, that was pretty much it for the first half. And then obviously the other flashpoint really was that Tywo Wani came on at halftime, which is great news. Um, and yeah, I mean, Forrest are happy to sit. No real chance, as is it. However, the second half, very quickly, well, very quickly, for 20 minutes, Forrest dug in. And after about 65 minutes, you know, it seemed like 45, maybe five minutes away from what Reese was suggesting, bringing on like a Langren Hudson Doy. Hudson Doy had just come on at that point. And um, I don't even know how to describe this. I mean, obviously, how to explain to people that Gabriel Jesus misses from five yards and then scores that, um, as opposed to the question I'll put to you, because obviously, very shortly before the goal, Jesus found himself pretty much inside the six yard box, the whole goal to aim at and managed to rattle the post. But Adam, the goal, I mean, where do you start? I mean, if so much goes wrong, where do you start? Just, just touching on that chance that Jesus has, that was unbelievable play from Arsenal and Erdogan. I, I did not even see that pass, so fair play. But yeah, Jesus should score. But then, I mean, we've tried to claim a foul from Nico Williams, which is never a foul. I mean, Simon Hooper didn't want to give us anything anyway for the entire game. We'll probably get on to him later. I mean, he gave he gave a tap on the ankle to Saka and didn't even call for a head injury on Montiel in the first half. So explain that one to me. But yeah, no, um, I thought Danilo showed him where you kind of want him to go. I'm a bit has got him where he kind of wants him because he's like, well, if you score from there, then fair enough. The, the the shot from 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 Jesus when you watch it from the other angle, it's going it's not it's going across the goal. It, it until it hits Turner, it doesn't it's not going on goal. So for me, I mean, I you're disappointed if your Sunday league keeper lets that in. Never mind bloody your Premier League one. It is literally criminal. It, it like I know like you've said this loads of times, Christian, that you hate to be right, and I was I really wanted to give Turner a chance, but. That's the last one for me. It's got to be because he is costing us so many points. I put it in our group on 
on Twitter. I know we've got we've got about a million groups between us, but he's cost us ten points this season. I think Luton's keepers earned them three or four points if the stats were correct. Like that is it's shocking. It is absolutely shocking. And Matt Turner, I mean, he got clapped by the Arsenal fans. Like it's like he kind of, like they knew what was coming at the start of the second half. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it is shocking and it's it's indefensible. And I feel so sorry for for Murillo and Amabamadillo because I've I mean we'll get onto it later. But Montiel and Toffolo were absolute garbage and all, in, in my honest opinion. But I, and I thought them two were were outstanding. Um, so yeah, but yeah, Turner it was it's an absolute abysmal. It's worse it's worse than the Man United one where he's kicked it to to Garnacho. It is worse than the one against Liverpool where he's come out and he's fumbled it. It's worse than the one against Brentford, where he's like quaveristed it in. That is because it's it, it is shocking. Race. Yeah, I, I mean, I must say that he's he's got to try and save it because you couldn't take that risk. I know it, it it is hard to see with the angle. I think it might be going wide, but he's got to try and save that. That's not a problem. It's just that he's gone to save it with his his left knee, anti. Nah, I'm not a goalkeeper, but. If you're going to save it like that, your left knee has got to meet your right ankle. So that's your that's your solid block as a goalkeeper. You can't leave it a gap like that at your near post through your legs. That's the only place. If your foot's on the post, your right foot's on the post, that's the only place a striker can go. So if you if you literally make a block with your legs, you know, Odabamadele stopped the pass into the middle. He's not going to score Azus. It was just ugh. when it went in, you was just like, oh. Because we was right in the game, man. You know, Arsenal had all the possession. There's no doubt about that. But we was we was right in the game, and and you just sense that the longer we frustrated them, the more kind of chance we had in the game. Because you'd probably think, right, that these guys are going to push here. They'll probably leave, they'll leave gaps at the back. What we could exploit with Alanga and Hudson Odoi coming on. You know, like I said, that's what I think Nuno's plan was, and unfortunately that went out of the window. And as soon as that kind of went in. It didn't surprise me that the second goal come quickly, which it did. And and then it, it was just, I mean, it was pretty flat all night, which I found a bit strange to say we've not had a home game in the Premier League for a month. I mean, that just completely killed it dead, didn't it? And then, yeah, until until we scored late on where there was a glimmer of hope, it, it was a formality really after that first goal. I just don't understand how he's got this many chances. I mean, it makes me laugh that, you know, everyone says that, I think everyone's just blindly saying it as if like, you know, when you say a lie enough times, you just believe it. Sort of saying that Vlacodemus is worse than Turner. Vlacodemus is worse than Turner. He isn't. What has he shown in a Forest shirt that makes him worse than Matt Turner? Genuine question, because I haven't seen it. Like we saw in his debut against Aston Villa, that exact instant you mentioned, Reese, about jamming your knee down in between your foot. He did that against Oli Watkins and saved it pretty comfortably. Mm. It's for a keeper that apparently it's a ghost and goal and can't save anything. So he can do it. And yet Matt Turner can't. And it's it's just baffles my mind because Adam's right. That ball is going out for throwing. That shot is going out for throwing. He's, 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 it's ridiculous. So it made me laugh, actually, because Jesus was saying in an interview after the game that um, what's it, he's worked on that type of finish. I was like, what? So you've worked on taking the ball boy out? Is that what you've been doing in training? <laughs> like, yeah. No. Ridiculous. But I yeah. oh, no, I, I just I don't understand how he's had this many chances. I know we've had this whole, like, you know, first Cooper came out and said that, you know, we don't beat those up who may make mistakes or whatever else. How many more times has Nuno got to come out in the press conference and say, oh, you know, it's not just him, it's a team effort, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not good enough. He isn't good enough. Whoever signed him should be fired. Honestly, like we're at that point again. 
Like it's comfortably, we're at a point now where I generally say he is the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen watching Nottingham Forest since 1999. I cannot think of one worse. He's got a compilation reel, which you wouldn't have given a goalkeeper in a 20-year career. And he's done that in about 15 games. He's dreadful, absolutely dreadful beyond words. And it's just like I said, it's completely killed us. Like that notion of, okay, keep it tight. Don't give a goal away. Keep a clean sheet. Stay in the game as long as possible and get pace on. How can you do that with him in goal? Like, genuine, how can you rely on him to do that with him and goal? It just doesn't work. I must say, to touch on Avakadimos, I also agree. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's quite good enough as well for what we need. But I think he's better than Turner Percy. I'd, be, I'd have been amazed if he wouldn't to say that shot last night. Yeah. Um, I've got to be honest. Um, it is something. It does look like we're addressing, you know, the window shuts tomorrow. There's been a lot of names thrown about and in terms of goalkeepers. I think Sam Johnson seems to be the the one at the minute with the most. The press, um, yeah. yeah. So if that is something that's going to be addressed, it seems. Um, if it isn't, then I think it will. I think you've got to, <laughs> you've got to give Vakadimos a run, aren't you? Or you you're literally Honestly, yeah. saying give Wayne Hennessy a go at this stage. He's kind of got that bad, hasn't it? Um, you've got Shelby a go. No, 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 no. no. Nuno's getting his gloves and boots back out. Yeah, I mean, you know, no one wants to come. I'm always want to support players. I do because I'm a fan and I want them to do well for the club. But it's just not good enough, unfortunately. You can't beat around the bush, I'm afraid. You know, I want it to work for every player who comes to Forest, but it's just so glaringly obvious and it's just costing us so many points. And these people making points on Twitter where, like, with Leicester last season, where they had Danny Ward in goal, who wasn't up to Premier League standard. Exactly. They, exactly. They, they, went, they went down on it. A goalkeeper is a paramount position. Even ask, ask you know, the great Brian Clough and Peter Taylor. They brought in Peter Shilton. I think I've said this on a, pre, a previous podcast, you know, I hate to hark back to the, them days, but, you know, Peter Taylor says with Shilton in goal, anything was possible. So yeah. that, and it shows you even with the big clubs in the modern day, your Edisons, your Allisons, they all want a top-class goalkeeper now because they know how paramount it is to a good, a better team. And unfortunately, our goalkeeper department, I think across the board, really, we've got four senior goalkeepers and I don't think any of them are Premier League standard, it seems. It's, it's, it's getting absolutely ridiculous that we're talking about a goalkeeper every single every time we do well, a something podcast. Like it's going to be addressed in t- so but, well, this, be, yeah. this is the thing that like, I don't know I don't know the official stats or anything but I don't really remember Turner having to really make a save at all through the game because our, we were reducing Arsenal to to half chances and like bits and bobs around the box but then they couldn't quite get a shot away there, there, there was I think he, the only he, one he, I can remember was one. There was one that was put across, and he like pushed it out. But that's not a shot on target. Yeah, it's not a shot yeah. On target. It's so, one way. Okay, it's one way. He's got to obviously use his hands to, you know, what yeah. I mean, do but something. The, we've not. I know we're not. I know. Uh, I know we're probably we're going to talk about this next goal, Christian. But that's a second shot on target from Arsenal. It's gone yeah. in. And I mean, I don't. I get it. It's it's in the corner. It's a good strike from Saka. But people are slating Bakadimos can't save a thing. Well, Turner's not saved a thing last night. Two shots Honestly, on target. I reckon if you ask any defender or any like if anyone's listening who's played, or even at any level, any defender you played, who would you rather have in goal? Like Matt Turner or Bacademus? I guarantee the most of them will say Bacademus because at least he can use his feet. And at least above all else, he can, you know, he can it's, it's, it, what I've read on Twitter, it seems to be kind of quite split, don't it? Which does it's surprise ridiculous. me. I, I must say. I mean, just to touch on it as well, the build up, I know um, fans are saying like 
you know, we just completely switch off, don't we? We, we kind of want that foul for Nick. I think he's looking for that. That was we, that was poor. That yeah, was really and, and poor, then we just completely poor. switch off. But my my caveat to that is, Omar Deli positions himself really well. Mm. So all them little small errors where it's got to that position, all the keeper's got to do is does his job, and that and that we save that, and then we move on. And then I think, I mean, from where I was. Um, standing at the time, it looked like Omar Badadeli was kind of laughing it had gone in because he'd literally done everything he can. He'd positioned himself perfectly. So he'd stop Jesus putting it across for a tap-in if someone was cutting in. So all Turner's got to do is stand at that near post and block any shot. And yeah, it's ended up in the back of the net. It's just hopeless. I mean, I've say given was saying, I read this morning, that all he has to do is just open his left foot up and just kick it away. That's all he has to do. Mm. And that's it, goal prevented. He should not, in a million years, be scoring from that angle. But it's it's going on to the um, the Leicester point is so valid, by the way, because that is a genuine threat. Because Leicester had Madison, Harvey Barnes, Tillemans last season. Yeah. They had a very Hardy. strong side going yeah. forward. Yeah, we're saying the same things now. Oh, Forrest are fine going forward. It means nothing mm. if your goalkeeper's not good enough. Like Danny mm. Ward, they should have got rid of him way, way, way before they did. And had they done so, they probably would have survived. Like... Well, you look, look, you look at the other two went down as well. You know, Leeds, they had their Melier in gold, didn't he? Sam Allardyce come in and swapped him over, so they was unsure on him. Southampton had Bazunu in goal, who, you know, I know he's got potential, but he was a, he's a really young goalkeeper. That that um, style of recruitment on Southampton backfired last season. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, it, it's key that we get somebody in who's going to be good enough tomorrow. Um, like, yeah, massively, Adam, I know obviously you had reservations over Navas and didn't think he was that good, but the difference in calm between how assured and confident the back four was, for back four were, sorry, knowing they had someone like Navas behind them, compared that to yesterday, where oh, there was a there's a cross yesterday where Turner claims he's calling for it, he's like that's mine, keep his ball. Murillo sees him and goes absolutely no chance, and just heads it out <laughs> for a corner. Like if, we, if that's happening, they can't trust him. Yeah, like, no, he no, 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 did, did, did come out for quite a few balls and catch him last night, Turner. I, I know what the one you meant when Murillo headed it out because I literally yeah. said to you, Adam, in tires, like, has yeah. the goalkeeper called for that? I said, that's the keeper's ball. Yeah, he called for it. Yeah, he's gone keeper's yeah. ball. He's gone, no, 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 no. no he, I he, trust did, you. He, like, he did come out and collect quite a lot of crosses, Turner. I'll give him his due on that sense. It's just. My, he just my... seems to do one thing well, and then it's an absolute disaster the next. I mean, yeah. It's my pet peeve that I was saying to you last, last night, Reese. So Arsenal were putting the ball from corners right on his head, and he was literally mm. coming out and claiming him. And, mm. and that is something that is, he, that is his bread and butter turn. I'll give him his due on that. He is good at claiming a cross. Mm. But then at my pet peeve is we leave no one up. We're chasing a game and we've, we've got every man in the, in the penalty area. And then he's rolling the ball out to Alanga at right back. You're having an absolute that, that that doesn't help from Nuno in, in that sense, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the, I think Pete, Peter's in the comments put that we can't we can't really he's not defending Turner, but we we defended majority of that game, and that that is also something we have to address. But also, Nuno wants this tight knit squad more like 21, 22 players in in a in in, in a sense, but we're, we're stretched, aren't we? And I feel like Callum Hudson Odoi probably couldn't start because he's probably played that many minutes. It, it, he was struggling and know. it was kind of ch- trying to choose the best out of a bunch who were, who were okay. I mean, would come off at half-time because he wasn't feeling very well. He didn't even want to put Tywo on for that long, Nuno said in his post-match. So it was always was always going to be up against it, weren't we? So, But like, 
looking at Luton this season, Luton at home to, to Arsenal was a completely different way of losing a game of football. I mean, Arsenal had to score and they'd die in seconds to win that game. We we didn't really lay a glove on Arsenal. It was, it was a miracle that we even scored, to be honest. Good goal. And I mean, we will yeah, talk on it. Yeah, I mean, I guess the flip side to that is, would you rather concede four goals at home or two? So, well, yeah, yeah, I know that, we, but we, at least we like, lost by one goal margin, like, like, yeah, you know, it, it like you said at the start of the episode, Christian. If 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 we'd have said we'd have lost 2 1 before the game last night, I think most fans would realistic would have been, oh, that's pretty reasonable. What we kind yeah, of expect, of course, as, generally, as yeah. long as we kind of you know give it to them, and if it's a bit of to and fro and they've got to work hard for their goals, it's just the fact that we've gifted them two goals again. And it's yes, do you know the one where like where Jesus just hit the bar where it's brilliant play like you said Adam from Odegaard? Do you know if that goes in, you say, well, the the producer moved what's cut us open. Better players mm-hmm. have cut us open, fair enough. Mm. But we just shoot ourselves in the foot for so many of our goals. It, it's it's the same pretty much every week. <laughs> last last season it was wonder goals. This season it's literally like yeah, it's just giving the Jacob ball away or, or errors <laughs> or keeping errors. Yeah. Sort of, well, no, I mean, I, there's an article, a comment, an article in the Athletic even recently about um, like goalkeepers and that sort of thing. And, you know, there was sort of half defending-ish turnover, which I found ridiculous. But there was one comment which um, I thought was bang on the head. I'll read it out to you. It was like, regarding scouting and Turner, he'd never played a top-flight game of football until making his debut for us at the age of 29. In my opinion, Yemenes doesn't count. It's akin to League One at best in standard. I'm not sure I'll go that far, but I see the point. Uh, seven cup period. Yeah, seven cup appearances for Arsenal, but none in the Premier League. What body of work was our scouting department looking at? And then how did we arrive at the valuation we bid for him? There's absolutely no justification for pursuing Turner as our number one goalkeeper. It's baffling for the club to assume he would be able to learn this role in the Premier League. It would eventually come out, but who was it that wanted him? At least with Academus, there's a scoutable record of work in top flight football that actually justifies our signing him. So today hasn't really worked out, but at least the decision to pursue him and sign him is actually based in reality. Insanely, Horvath has a far superior CV in top flight European football and was under contract and would have been a better number two than Turner was. And I can't disagree with any of that. No, I really it, can't. That is, I, I, I think it's a very educated paragraph for whoever's wrote that. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, they've obviously set the stall out and, and they've given really good reasons. But I, I, I totally agree with it. There's no comeback from me on that. I, I have the, to agree with it, unfortunately. The, the promotion season where Samba sat out for a little while, Horvath was actually quite good in terms of shot stopping and, oh. and everything else. He's kicking where everyone oh. knew he was rubbish, but he didn't try and play out from the back. In, in, no. with, with that. He, he just booted the ball away, which is fine. And it, I don't it, like. It, I know. I know we're, we're going to get the comments of, "Oh, we're scapegoating another player here." There, we've done it with Ryan. It's done it with Nico Williams. But this is actually detrimental to our season. He cannot. Them play guys were making mistakes. Them guys were making mistakes that di- didn't always lead to goals. This is like you keepers are making mistakes, and it's leading to goals every single time. And that is the. It's the end all of all of it. It it, it but... kind of seems to me as a bit of a panic buy, doesn't it? I think what was he saying? Oh, absolutely. A few days before the season start, and it's kind of like one day let, before, wasn't it, Reese? Mm, yeah, signed it one day before Arsenal. It was kind. It's kind of like let's look at the biggest clubs in the country and who's there, like number two, and who's available, and who's the biggest name on kind of reputation in the prem in terms of of what club they're at, and obviously because he's USA's number one as well. Yeah, it, it, it's not worked. I mean, both keepers have so far haven't worked, and like we said on the last podcast, we're now over eighteen months into the Premier League. We've still not got a first choice number one, and that and that's and that's yeah. and the the club have got to answer questions on that of why that's happened because 
you know, I, even like Luton have come up this season, seem to got Kaminsky's there, number one, and seem settled on him. I mean, this, yeah. you know what I mean? Even Burnley with Trafford. So, yeah, it's not good. It's really, really poor. But um, something is being addressed again <laughs> tomorrow. It, ha- it has to be addressed. I mean, like, it's, it's bizarrely, it's, it's going to be a, what, a sixth goalkeeper yeah. that we've signed in like two years. It's ridiculous. But like, Banter anyway, FC yeah. I mean, I mean if someone does come in, it generally wouldn't, oh, I, would, I would have said, it wouldn't, wouldn't have surprised me if Flacadimas would have gone, but he's obviously played for Benfica, and he? so that can't even happen. So, Honestly, just, just, just punt Turner back to the MLS. I don't care. Who <laughs> I mean, big, big Wayne's going to be sat on his backside, isn't he, for six months, yeah. not even in the squad. Nice little pension, that for him, yeah. yeah get, him in the, but... like, get him in the Wales team if they qualify. <laughs> He's still probably betting Danny Ward now. Um, but anyway, going back to the game, Reese, uh, not long after the goal, you're right. Um, from our own corner, like, and Montiel, I, I actually disagree with what Adam said. I actually thought Montiel pretty, played pretty well in the night. And, um, but he can't really defend an error like that, can you? What's he trying to do? I don't, I don't understand. What's he doing there again? It's just stupid, stupid mistakes. It was just rushed one to, and the, the problem is in football, you can you can play eight to nine minutes as a defender and play well. But if you make one absolute howling error like he did Montiel, people are going to say, well, he's had a stinker. So, yeah, he, he just completely rushed that, didn't he? Um, yeah. And I mean, I mean, then obviously Arsenal's broke. And I mean, even if you look, they're just like, we're just all over the place at the back. And I slightly disagree with Adam's comment that I don't think it's right in the corner, but you can only blame Montiel for that, really. Um, and it, it just kills the game, doesn't it? And that's what the and that's what the, the good sides do. You know, they sniff out a sign of blood and they kill you. You know, you only have to look at the Man United game where we was cruising that. And what what did we give Marcus Rashford one inch? This and they, and they take the chance. The top, you just get punished so much at this level. You know, you you give you give good sides at this level a sniff and they will punish you. You get you'll probably get away with it in the championship, not at this level against the better teams. And that what was it? What was the in between the two goals? I'm not sure how many minutes it was. Um, uh, I can find five out. Or ten, five or it ten, be, maybe. It won't be pleasant, but um, uh, yeah, seven minutes. Seven minutes. Yeah, so minutes. within within a seven minute spell, you've gone from being in the game to being killed. The game's dead, um, and that's what the best teams do. They punish your mistakes, and it, it, we're like a broken record because. I generally think nine out of ten goals we can see that just from us poor errors, and I can I can get like you know when maybe a player's ran off or you know someone's maybe not chased a run or something, but when it's like you're just completely giving the ball away and they're on the counter attack or goalkeeper and errors, you kind of like for goodness sake. But yeah, such a shame because I thought it was in the game up mm. until the first goal. No, you're right. And um, I think it was one of those, as soon as you saw Arsenal breaking forward with four, I think it was four against three at that point, weren't it? Because obviously men yeah. forward. I mean, I mean, Saka, Saka was particularly well. quiet, really, I thought. He had a couple, one or two moments where I think in the first half, he skinned Toffolo for pace. You know, he is a quality player, but I thought we kept him relatively quiet, really. I, I mean, I kept saying to Adam, just stop, stop him cutting in on that left foot. If you can stop that, which we did in, in the, the opening day, which he scored the really good strike from, you can kind of stop him a little bit. And that's something what, you know, Jack Colback showed the art of that, didn't he, in that FA Cup game. But, um, yeah, it, you, you give these quality players one chance and they bury it, unfortunately. Definitely, even if it's on his weaker peg, it seems, as well. Um, but Adam, again, you know, 
to be fair. I mean, so if I first Hudson Adoy came on and then Alanga came on with 10 minutes to go, it seemed to open up a little bit at that point, you know, and then lo and behold, we did actually get a goal back. Um, you know, obviously Danilo with a brilliant ball out to the right, and then obviously Montiel sort of makes some amends for his pass and heads it into Big T's path. But I've never seen anyone throw Saliba around like a rag doll like Taiwo did for that goal. Like anyone ever. <laughs> and he's been out for how many months? Like I just thought that was really, really impressive. But um, what was your take on the goal? Yeah, well, I initially thought, like, why is Danilo pinged a ball that far? And then, like, I've seen Montiel kind of... I didn't think he had the legs to beat um, Zinchenko. Um, Montiel can only head it back across. But, yeah, Tyro Wundy seems to not play on the weaker centre-half. Like, he didn't go near Gabriel. Just Saliba every time. Just Yeah, he, he just absolutely did it. I mean, he, he was like that at the Emirates and he was like that last season, I think. He, he, I think Tyro just kind of thrives off that sort of challenge. He's quite an intelligent striker in that sense because he's always trying to look for that contact in, in, in terms of getting his back into you. Um, I mean, you could say like defenders are being a bit naive by not backing off and kind of letting Tyro take the ball down and and, and get actually find his touch. Um yeah, no, it's a good turn and it's a great finish. Like to say he's been out for so long and probably, like I said, Nuno didn't really want to give him that many that many minutes. It's it's good to have him. He looks he looks lean, a lean fighting machine. Obviously, got his belly out on Twitter the other day um, <laughs> to well, show everyone. He he, you say uh, belly. he's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, zero belly. Yeah, so zero belly. Um, Ridiculous. Oh. But yeah, no, great finish. Great to have him back. He's going to be an absolute key to us somehow surviving this season. That's what it is. It is a relegation battle. I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. We are in the dogfight. And obviously, the the elephant in the room of of, of those point deduction hanging off, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens with Everton's original um, charges because obviously they're here and started today, I believe. So that will be interesting yes, to see. But Tywo is going to be massive. But it's good that that Chris Wood is also chipping in with goals this season. Last last season, we was heavily reliant on Brennan Johnson and, and Tywo. But I mean, you've got Alanga chipping in as well. Hopefully, him coming back as well, which is a positive as well. hudson Adoy getting lots of game time. And then Niakati will be back, hopefully, for Sunday. And then Ivory Coast might... I don't know. <laughs> they might get all the way to the final without winning like a proper game of football, will it? That, that I think it seems like it's going to happen. I think looking, looking at like, yeah, looking Nigeria, at the tournament yeah. map, yeah, it looks like I, the Nigeria Ivory Coast and tip up. But I guess the positive is Ivory Coast have been pretty dreadful in that tournament. But um, you know, so the thing is, I mean, if if they're going to go out, if, if we if it has to be the quarterfinal stage for either side because mm. even they get to the semis, they're still a third place game. So. Yeah. So if basically we're saying we're not coming back until even after the West Ham game, really, for some of them. Because obviously, if whoever wins that trophy, like they're not going to send their players back. They're going to have a whole week of partying back home. Especially if it's Ivory Coast, because it's obviously in their country. So um... exactly, yeah. So Mm. we might not get Sangari back to the end of (laughs) them. Good swords, but yeah, um... no, like yeah, great to see Tyro back. He's he's going to be so key. I mean, we have to kind of like wrap him in bubble wrap a bit more because it's it's been two seasons on the trot. We've lost him for too much time. In in all honesty, he's too he's too vital for us. It was it was the main yeah, reason we stayed up last year, in my opinion. I know a lot of point towards Brennan Johnson, and I'm not going to do down his contribution because it was fast over the season. But Tyro's goals at the end of that season 
pretty much kept us up because he he, he he had that purple patch into where he was banging form. Did he, was it five or six games in a row? I think six he scored. Four, I think he scored in mm. six or six, four games. Yeah, two right. against Saints, two against Chelsea, the Arsenal winner. Yeah, uh, Palace, Palace on the last so. day, which obviously, really thankfully, good. was a dead rubber, but mm. still, yeah. But um, obviously, there was a, a, a sort of half grandstandy finish. He had another little half flicker of a chance, Tywo, at the end, but it wasn't really. It was. It was. I guess if you get more of a quarter chance than a half chance, there wasn't really a lot you could do with it. You could just sort of follow it towards goal, but um, yeah, that's all she wrote, unfortunately. And um, yeah, the result leaves us. You know, in a pretty precarious position now. Obviously, Everton, I think, two points behind us. Luton, one point behind us now, I think. So, with a game in hand as well. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. But we will, anyway, move on. And we'll move on to your Slept on its Sports. Red side of the Trent. <laughs> Slept on it Thoughts. Right, so quite a few to get through here. Um, we'll start with Lee Clark, actually. Lee Clark, unfortunately, can't be with us today. I think he's got a game to referee or something, and I don't know what. But um, yeah, he, he's actually probably one of the more level-headed ones out of all of us, sort of saying, no, you know, it's, it's not that bad. We've lost, we've lost to Arsenal at the end of the world. And then me and Reese were like, no, but look at how we lost. So anyway, we'll start with him. Um, he said, Matt Turner can't play in golf at his football club anymore. I said he was a more level-headed one. He said that. Uh, simple as, just not up to required level. Omar Mabadele looks to potential steps up pretty well. Not having the clamour for Williams over Montiel, way off it. Murillo Manila match by a mile. Great to see Big T back. Uh, Sammy Slack says, can we talk about our favourite biscuits again, please? No, absolutely not. God's sake, Adam. Uh, Todd Mills says, simply cannot compete in this league, giving up a goal a game to goalkeeping howlers. Abysmal recruitment now means we have to spend a good wedge of our budget on yet another goalkeeper when it could be on strengthening other areas. Emma said, poor first half, sitting back and felt we got the team selection wrong tonight. We simply need a new goalkeeper or we are in deep trouble. Positives, love the centre-back pairing. Yummy Bear says game plan was to keep it tight first half, then bring T on at the half and try and give it a go, which was working, it seems. Then we did our customary gift to position two soft goals again, at which point the game was over. Good to see Tyro at least get a goal in his return. Uh, Sam says positives being Tyro and Langer back on the pitch. Negative is Matt Turner's contract hasn't really been shredded. Thought we defended very well first half. Disappointing for it to be ruined by you-know-who. Got to look towards Bournemouth on Sunday, hopefully with a new number one. Tom Newton, who is also popping up in the comments, so hello, Tom, says, Turner will relegate us. Whoever signed this deal off has blood in their hands. It's eye-watering he got given a four-year deal. I can't see us ever recouping 10% that's £7 million spent. Apparently, the signing was data-led. How is that even a thing with Turner? It's pretty true, actually, isn't it? Um, also, speaking of the Turner thing, we, we haven't mentioned um, Marinakis has got a new bill to pay for, seeing as he put his foot through the television after seeing Turner's um, howler on replay. And to be honest, I can't even blame him. Um, but yeah, Josh Potts says, watch this in a sports bar in Disneyland, Paris. It's ruined my day. In all seriousness, though, we were really poor. Only positives were Murillo and Taiwo being back on the pitch. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, enjoy Mickey Mouse. Hopefully, I can cheer you up a little bit. Uh, Premier Elliot says, Forest, oh, sorry, Arsenal outplayed and outclassed us, and I never want to see a performance like that again from Forest. Also, can I thank you all on the rest of the trend for being there for me Sunday in difficult circumstances? Just to health reasons, it's much appreciated. That's no worries at all, Elliot. We're always here if you need. And yeah, I'm sure we all share that opinion, of course. Top bloke. Uh, I was in the top one, says we can reflect on players out injured in a way at AFCON, but if we don't have a new goalkeeper on Friday morning, we are down. Lewis Morris has simply put, sign a keeper. 
Uh, a different Sam says, don't need sleep in it to say it was entirely predictable that the keeper would cost us. Might as well start one goal down. Beaten his near post with his legs a yard apart. Can't kick, can't set a wall, can't position correctly. The defence doesn't trust him. He's cost us yet again. And uh, last but not least was Keith Hancock, who says, well, 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 Kelsey Pre, here we are again, conceding a goal to a goalkeeping error and a defensive error. You can almost colour me well and truly shocked. I'm almost at the stage where I'm running out of energy to be slightly narked about it. They can all go away with a few stars by it. So I can kind of respect Keith for doing his very best to keep his language in check, as we have to do on this podcast now that we're a family-friendly YouTube show. So thank you all of those for getting in touch with us. Uh, much appreciated. Obviously, can't read them all out, but very much appreciated all the same. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And um, yeah, it's time for some player performances. So Reese, I'll start with you and I'm going to give you uh, Montiel because very clearly there's a very difference of opinion between me and you and Adam this one. So I'll give him to you as an intermediary peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to sit on the fence, have I? Well, um, if you want. <laughs> I'm... I'm, I'm... I think I said this in the last pod, didn't I, that I see Montiel as, uh, I know you said Christian's played in four quite a lot of his career, but just looking at his profile to me, just he's just a wing back. So when he is in a four, as we are playing at the minute, he does concern me defensively um, because he does have a tendency to dive in too much, which I'm not a fan of because you go to ground this league and someone skins you, you know, you're not going to get up there away. And he did that a couple of times last night, to be honest. I mean, going forward, he, I think he's pretty pretty good. Um, you know, he got an assist. Was it an assist last night? He said he set up the one against United, wasn't it, with for, um, was it for Dominguez, I believe? Yeah, you have to link up. Again, in the FA Cup, it's Blackpool. Yeah, so going, yeah. going forward, he, he does overlap. And there is times when you watch him overlap, as Ben White did superbly for Arsenal last night, I must say, you watch him overlap and you think, giving the ball example Chris Wood last night overlapped perfectly has to pass it but it's just so attacking I think he's he's pretty good um it's just defensively it can be a bit rash <laughs> you, he's always good for the the book the booking markets if you like a bet on the cards and but obviously you can't get away unfortunately from the error can you um I thought he was okay probably before that he does some things good some things bad but you know, the error, unfortunately, is what sticks out like a sore thumb, don't it? And unfortunately, that's, you know, piled on to Turner's error, really. Um, and it, it's just completely killed the game, as I said earlier, in that, that seven-minute spell. We, we, we just imploded, haven't we, as we have done so many times since we've come up to this level and the game's drifted away from us within a, a seven-minute spell. I mean, going forward, if we was to stay at this level... You know, would I sign him permanently? I'd say the jury's still out for me on that. 
Um, I'm not too sure. I think if Nuno was to stick with a four going forward, I'd personally probably pass on it because I'm not too sure of him in a four. But if he was to play a five, I think going forward, he's, he's pretty good. Um, but um, yeah, unfortunately, like I say, that arrow will be what sticks out last night, unfortunately, for him. It's yeah, it's it's a very much a mixed bag. I mean, mm. he got what eleven clearances last night, um, mm. which obviously one of which would have been for the for their goal, sadly. Mm. But um, no, he won. What's it? So he, he this is what I noticed most. It seemed every corner is like he just grew two feet and just <laughs> headed away. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. So he contested six aerial duels and won five of them, which mm. you know, for somebody who's quite a small guy, is pretty good going. And obviously. What I actually quite liked about the corner situation was that it was very clear someone's gone to them. All right, what happened at Brentford can't happen again. You go near post mm. instead. And it okay. seemed to work, to be fair. Like the whole media was praising Arsenal for their like their set pieces and that stuff after the Paris game. And Montiel mm. was seemed to just thwart them every single time. Well, I so, mean, Adam said to me in the ground that Arsenal were the best team in the league for set pieces, and it didn't really cause us any problems at all from them, you'd have to say. I mean, yeah. there were there was a clear, as they did to Palace, there was a clear overload on the back post. Um, and up probably to put pressure on that back stick and the goalkeeper. And I don't think they cause us any problems. I don't, I don't think really they cause us... I mean, they passed it round really good. I mean, Martin Odegaard's a lovely footballer to watch as a neutral, but I wouldn't say they cause us loads and loads of problems. The only glaring opportunity really was the Jesus one where he hit yeah. the bar. It so just makes that, it worse, isn't it? That's, yeah, what, it was... that's what makes it frustrating from our perspective is... You kind of go into last night's game thinking, well, the likelihood is we'll probably get beat and the 2-1 scoreline, you think, well, it's not the end of the world, but it's just the frustration is we're just chucking games in ourselves defensively, which is the yeah, which is obviously what gets people's backs up, unfortunately. Massively, yeah. Uh, Adam, I'm gonna move on to someone I think we all thought was man of the match. And we also had the joint amount of clearances with Bontiel actually on the pitch, and that's Murillo. Um Murillo, I thought was beyond outstanding yesterday. I thought he looked like you know, <clears throat> the real deal, to put, put it mildly. Yeah, he um, he squashed them. <laughs> the the naysayers of saying that he can't really defend and he's costing his goals. He was yeah, he was unbelievable, really. Him him and Amar Mabadili, I have to give, give Andy O a, a mention yeah. as well in that partnership. Two 21-year-olds. I mean, an Irishman and a Brazilian, you'd think it's some start of some sort of sick joke, wouldn't you? <laughs> if you mentioned that. Um, I thought they were both superb, but Murillo was was top class. I thought to come up against a tricky uh player in, in Jesus and kind of pretty much deal with him most of the time, if not all of the time, I thought he was superb. Some of his passing was was to be kind of like frowned upon. I mean, like normally he's pretty good at it, but majority of the time I think he's trying to kind of play those uh, midfield splitting balls to try and get us away in, in he's taking a lot of risks from centre half which is it's good on one hand but at the same time you don't really need it but if no one else is doing it then then fair play for him for taking that kind of responsibility almost um we're, we're really lucky to have him to, if we can if we if we stay up and we have him for another season I'll, uh, it'll be brilliant to watch him keep growing because he seems to be just getting better and better and better. It's just um, a shame that the the person behind him can't help him either. Um, yeah, it's going to be. I think Nuno's going to have a good good kind of headache to have. Obviously, near Cate being back available on Sunday, you'd like to think, unless he gets an extended period of time of rest, because 
him and him and Nama Bamadile seem to be kind of going along nicely in a, in a in a in one way. Nice show, I mean, that's give credit to him. He's been so patient, and you know, like, and um, he just seems to have taken his chance. I mean, at the minute, I think it'd be very harsh. I think for Neo Carso to come straight back in the team, I think we're at that point, which you know is testament to how well he's done. But Murillo, I mean. Much like how Birmingham retired to 22 for Bellingham, are we going to retire number 40 for him? Because <laughs> uh, he's just been so good. And I don't know how long we're going to keep him for. He's just, I mean, thankfully he can't go this window because he's really played for two clubs this season. So, but I'm not sure if you guys saw, but someone tweeted last night a stats account saying that was the second most highest in the whole Premier League defensive actions from a player yeah. last night, Murillo. And then there was, yeah, it was on about 22. Him. Yeah, it was on about him being called up to Brazil, which is something I never think I thought I'd hear. Forrest having the Brazilian international centre back, but yeah, to Thiago Silva, he's on Trent side. Yeah. What about that? Um, uh, race, I'm going to give you. So I had a choice here. I could have given you someone, someone nice, or I could have given given gone down the traditional red side of the Trent route and given you someone awkward. But I'm going to be nice. So you, okay. I, I'm going to give you Big T. What did you think? Big T. Brilliant to see him back. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously enjoyed the social media of um, saying he's put on a bit of timber. I mean, I remember having a photo years ago at um, 150th dinner, what Fawaz had organised badly um, with Britta Sambalonga when he used to say he had a bit of timber on. I remember putting my arm around him and he was you know, it was like an absolute boulder of a man. <laughs> uh, it was solid. So, but I think he's teasing that same... Um, yeah, he's um he's a big he's a big muscly guy into big T. Um yeah, it was great, it was great to see him back. Um as Adam said, I, I think the plan probably was maybe to give him 30 minutes, 20 minutes, but obviously Chris Wood went off it um ill. And to be to be honest, I thought I thought he held it up pretty well. I thought he gave Saliba a pretty rough time. Um he, he certainly never makes it easy for any defenders. I know that he is, I'm not gonna lie, like even the goal. It, it kind of bobbled off his foot, didn't he? I mean, he took the finish really well, but it like bounced up off his kind of shit and fell quite nicely. And he, he he then did something brilliant with the finish. But yeah, it, it's great to have him back. Um, he's a massive player for us. I mean, in previous pods, I said he was his most important player under um, under Steve. Obviously, under Nuno, I'm, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case or not, but um, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, his goals, hopefully, in staying fit, is going to be vital for us staying up again. Um, yeah, I think, I think you, you always with with Tyro, there, there might be times when he's not going to score, but I think you'll always he'll always give the centre half a tough time, and I think that's all you can that is the minimum like you can kind of ask for from a striker. Just make it difficult for them centre halves, make them make a mistake, bring others into play your other your wingers. Um, so yeah, I was delighted to see him back. Um, and hopefully he can stay fit till the end of the season. I just, wanted to, yeah. I just wanted to add, he scored yeah. five and 11 this season so mm. far. So if he can yeah. get that for the rest of the season, a goal in every other, in every mm. other game, nearly one in two. Help, I think that can kind that, that mm. might help us get the points we need to stay up regardless of a deduction. But it, I mean, if, if, it, if it keeps the season fit, I, it'd get 15 goals for me. Um, yeah, just right. unfortunately, this and last season, he's not been, he's missed a sustained period, hasn't he? Three, I think, yeah. probably three months of each season, which is a real shame because, yeah, like I say, he'd get definitely into the mid to higher double figures for me. 
definitely. Yeah, it, it was quite funny seeing the whole um, the Tim. Obviously, he took quite deep personal offence that didn't he? It seems, <laughs> someone called him Taiwo, which I thought was really harsh. Yeah. But, well, um, I think it is probably more of his haircut. What he's had different, probably not done him the best of favours. Yeah. Really, um, I swear, it's old hair. I remember there was a picture in the summer as well where it was when we were debuting the um, the new away kit and someone mm. goes, Gibbs White, I just put on Tim. I was like, no, he has not. Like, it's just the way the waves are on the shirt. Like, but I don't know. Anyway, um, that means, Adam, that obviously the first time wasn't with Reese, but chose not to because I was nice. I'm going to get to you. It was um, Neko Williams in a farewell since we discussed him in a player performance. But um, I thought personally that he was maybe a four or five out of ten. I don't think there's anything special. I thought he was largely given the runaround, but. It seems a few on Twitter have a very different opinion person of well, for what I've seen. Um, what did you think? Again, uh, no, towards the end as well, when we actually had the ball, when he was his delivery was abject, to put it mildly, personally. Mm. But yeah, I think you, I mean, we it was a square peg in a round hole, wasn't it? Really, essentially, with with Nico doing a job right midfield. I think I think part of the thinking was to help with Martinelli and then in the overload with with Erdegaard because Erdegaard was pretty good at doing that him and Smith Rowe were really good at like then overloading whichever side the ball was on and it was it was clever from Arsenal and, and Arteta I do have to give him that um I think he struggled he looked he looked a bit he just looked knackered like he couldn't get forward uh, like if Montiel's getting further forward than he is then that's a bit of a strange one to say he's meant to be more advanced there um but yeah nothing special nothing Nothing terrible, but nothing, yeah, like not not like we'd seen him before, where he started to get like really to grips with with things just before Cooper got got the boot, and even against Bournemouth when I thought he was really good a couple of weeks, like maybe a month or so ago at Christmas time. Um, yeah, it just it's a strange one with him. It's a strange one with all pullbacks apart from maybe Ina, to be honest. Um, weirdly enough. I, th- so, I think I think that goes down as well to the standard of opposition last night. When you're getting when you've not yeah. seen much of the ball and you're getting pulled from side to side, you, you're going to start to look leggy because you're just chasing the ball all game. And yeah, absolutely. No, I don't I think Nico ever doesn't lack in effort. It, it was probably like, and it was for quite a few last night. It was one of them six out of ten performances for me. Probably wouldn't wouldn't have moved from a standard six for me yeah. personally. The, 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 the bigger game is this Sunday, and we all know that. Oh yeah, we'll of course it is. I'm sure we're going to get on yeah. now. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, a bit much bigger fish to fry um, Sunday, and and probably even ne- even the next couple of games where we've got Newcastle and West Ham. I think it is, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Bristol, we've got a bit of Bristol obviously in between. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I I just feel like you know, I mean, I mean, obviously this is a side issue completely, but it just seems to me is that like if we see a player that just runs around and. Know, tries hard. We're sort of back at that stage that like we were with Tug Gay and Jamie Mackey and Chris O'Grady and a few others who would run themselves into the ground but just weren't very good at football. I just don't really see what Williams offers us, if I'm being perfectly honest. I feel like he has a few occasional good games, but you know, he had a good start to last season, he had a good end to last season. Everything in between was a complete car crash. This season, when he's come in, he looked all right before Cooper got sacked. He's not been great since. You know, I wouldn't be terribly upset if he was sold, personally. I, I think what's what's bad for Nico is the fact that we, we, we changed manager because at the end of Steve's tenure is when he showed his best few games for the club. Mm. And then, you know, you know, a new broom's come in, swept clean, and, he, and he's been 
he's been behind Montiel, hasn't he? Really, which is which is a shame in a in a sense because them last few games under Steve, especially the Wolves game, he was really good. And then you're thinking, right, here we go, he's getting going, and all of a sudden he's back out of the team again. And I don't know whether because he's still a pretty young lad, isn't he? What is he? 22, 23? 23, maybe, yeah. yeah. maybe that, you know, he's knocked his confidence a little bit again. He's probably thought to himself, well, I've played a few good games here and now I'm back on the bench again. So I, I get it from that sense, um, which is, it is a shame, really. But, um, yeah, I don't think overall we're probably not seeing enough average for what we paid for him, but... Absolutely yeah, not, no. He, he is still young, so... what? what it's, it's, it's kind of one of them, isn't it, really? If he was a player who was moved on, you'd kind of say, OK, fair enough. But, you know, no, no nothing massively lost. But you're also wanting him to show what he can do, um, which at the minute is he's, he's behind Montiel, unfortunately. I'm, I'm going to do that horrible thing, which is refer to an old flame. Um, we paid £17 million for Nico Williams and we could have paid £17 million for James Garner, who could have played centre midfielder and right back. <laughs> <laughs> for goodness sake. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, me. I mean, I mean oh, I've got a shrine to James Garner you, in my you, wardrobe. You, I just thought I'd let you all know. You, you start <laughs> me now because I just look at the way Jed Spencer's career has gone and you just thought... What a terrible decision that was by Jed to not sign for us, and and I know I get why he went to Tottenham, etc. But he, that was probably a move one move too early. Wanted that was we was probably the gap in between, and then he, yeah. he should have moved to a bigger club. It, it's a shame, but that's a choice he's made, and yeah, we we move on unfortunately. Yeah, major pain. Um, before we move on to our Bournemouth prediction, um, obviously that will have a proper preview because obviously it's only a few days before the game. Um, but obviously there has been in two typical Nottingham Forest fashion. Obviously today is transfer deadline day eve. So in typical Forest fashion, we decided to start doing some activity. Um, I told you, Marin Arkis loves it for a deadline day. I told you, he loves it. He sees it like as, a poker game. He sees he's it getting, five stakes. He's getting he's started seen, as the song by yeah. Sam Fender goes into. Yeah. Um, he's on getting the yellow tie yeah. out for deadline day. You know, he, he loves it. He, I think This he, is he his Christmas that, like, day, isn't it? Yeah, it's like when people hold their nerve and when people see what's going to happen. He, he absolutely loves it. Wait um, till De- De- is rocking up to trade side. <laughs> yeah, literally. The Greek, um, the Greek, the Greek Jim White. <laughs> we have seen um, some things. Obviously, so we'll go through that very quickly. It does seem as if Gierena is now happening. Um, it's a straight loan, no option to buy, which I know has rankled some. But to be honest, I don't think it's that bad a situation. If he does well, great. But you know, I mean. Equally, I don't know, we're much really consistent to negotiate. We're, we're likely to go down, well, not likely to go down. We're in a relegation fight. So, you know, I, I kind of get that. Then obviously we've signed um, Rodrigo Ribeiro, which is the most Portuguese-sounding name, name ever. And some 18-year-olds won the kid, apparently, from Sporting Lisbon, sporting, sporting uh, who has come on, of, um, on loan with a potential obligation to buy for £10 million or so. Um, he's only 18. I'll see how he gets on. Have we signed a new deal? Like as well at the same well, time, didn't he? Apparently he's out of contract in the summer. So it sort of safeguards him in case Forrest don't actually buy him. Right, so okay. I kinda I kinda get that. And then obviously there's the I think sad news that around Mangala is likely is on his way. We've accepted a bid from Leon, it seems, for the could be thirty million euros rising to thirty million pounds, but that seems to be the common theme. Um obviously so last night would have been his last game for us. I personally think Mangala's been a pretty decent sub for Forrest and wish him well if he goes. Um you know, shame to lose him, but ultimately we're basically tripling our profit on him. So you can't really, you know, argue from a business sense. Um, but 
ultimately, the type of conversation, as we spoke about at length earlier, comes down to whether we can get a new goalkeeper or not. Um, Sam Johnson has been linked. Um, I feel that a lot of goalkeepers are going to be linked. Galassi has been linked. Um, also has been shut down. Uh, Fab Romano said that he thinks there'll be a young goalkeeper coming in, which makes the Johnson links a little surprising. But then equally, are we in a boat now where it's sort of like just get someone in to save us for the rest of the season and reassess that in the summer? I don't know. So, um, oh. And Scott McKenna's gone Copenhagen. He's playing Man City in yeah, the Champions again. League. What good, a great move yeah. for him. Yeah, good for him as well. And again, Scott McKenna, play. player of the season in the Championship, will go with, I'm sure, all of our warmest regards and best wishes. I hope he smashes it out in Denmark, wins a load of trophies and you know, all the best to him. He's a true hero for his football club. Um, yeah, he's been his... a brilliant servant yeah. for us. Um, it was, I mean, it's probably not been overall good enough for Premier League level, but it was still a little bit sad, I think, to see him go yesterday because he was a stalwart wanting in the Championship. And like yeah. I said on my personal Twitter, he was, I think him and James Garner were probably the only two in the Hutton area who come out with any credit. Definitely, um, yeah. Someone did reply to me and, and say, said he would have stuck Zink and Argel in that, but you know, I, don't, I think Zink only played a half a dozen games top for you, and um, and then he went on, yeah. yeah, and then he went on to become player of the season that season, the season we got promoted. Mm. Um, obviously, play uh, the man of the match in the playoff final, and then obviously we all remember the absolute wonder ball to Sam Sawyer at Blackpool being some <laughs> high, some of his highlights. So yeah, he goes with his his best wishes. Um, I did um, speak to um, a sporting, well, sporting club de Portugal, as they're known as, um, on um, Twitter, Inside Sporting. So he put about, um, well, what's his name? What's Ribeiro. His name? Ribeiro. I was going to say Yuri, Ribeiro, Yuri's, Yuri's, yeah. Yuri's lad. It's Yuri's, Yuri's lad. It's Yuri's brother. Yeah. son. <laughs> he put, until 2022, he was really amazing. He put one of the best young Portuguese guys of his age. He says, but from 2023 to now, he has had some injuries um, and he, he's not really been in the team much. And he then went on to add, I think it's a bit early, but he, he kind of saw it as a signing who'd go into his under-23s, which isn't going to happen. I'd be surprised if that happened. And then he says, if he was to sign permanent, he would probably need a loan before he's ready for the Premier League. Um but he said he's a very, very technical football, very, very technical football. I mean, he's only eighteen. Yeah. I mean, it's probably That'd be somebody... the weirdest deal if if that was the case and he didn't play. Yeah, it does. It just, just seems a bit of a head scratch for me in the terms of I don't see. I, I get we're trying to think long term, but we've got to have a bit of realization really here that we are in a relegation battle. So you've got to have some short termism, as we did last season with the likes of signing Navas, Felipe, etc. Um, so I'm not sure whether he's going to play much at all, I'd imagine, but well, I guess be, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, mm. I mean, I'm not overly against it, because I mean, I, mm. I, I feel a bit it's sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. We aren't going to sign a striker mm. with such little time left who's going to be ahead of Tyro or Woods. That's just no. not going to happen. Mm. So the next best thing you can do is prepare for the future. So I'm not overly mad of it. I, I, get, I guess... I uh, guess yeah. it's one of them. If he wants to drop into the championship, he, he's he's just going to go back to sporting, isn't he? Um, in theory, yeah, yeah. That, that. So I'm, I'm not not too sure, but but, but we'll see. I mean, Rayner. I mean, again, we're, we're thinking short term because we obviously got this FFP charge. I know that's on for last season, but we're not going to then go out and blitz a load of money, aren't we? It's, that's not going to look good to the Premier League at all when we're trying to fight this 
potential points deduction. So I think Next a short term, window, yeah, yeah, I think a short term option for Rayner is a good one. It gives us another option. We clearly need another winger. In an ideal world, yeah, I would like um, an option to buy. But if that's the only deal what could be done to get him in and give us that option, then we'll we'll take it and move. We'll move, we'll kind of move on. We we spoke about a goalkeeper, and we clearly need to address that area. Um. I mean, Mangala, I think, is someone I didn't really want to see go, but I guess the profit on it, it's a good deal. I guess we might have, could have, we probably could have waited until the summer, possibly. Um, you know, we've spoken about McKenna. You know, it, it looked like a few fans were saying that was Joe Wall's farewell last night. Um, I think he was kind of taking it all in, wasn't he? Um, I know you have a slightly different opinion, to this Christian and he's not... didn't walk away to be honest. <laughs> and uh, he's not he's not been I wouldn't say he's been like one of my favourite plays, but I think overall he's been a decent servant for Forrest. Um I think this I said this about a month to you ago, Adam. I kind of thought it was the end of the road. It it does look like case is someone who I don't kind of wish any harm and I mean, I'm not going to wish him good luck if he goes to Sheffield United because I can't be doing with them. But he's one of them who you kind of wave on his way and thank you for your service and we move on. That 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 that's business. That's football. Um, I'm not going to get too sentimental about um, him. I think he he, he probably uh, yeah, we said this, didn't we? I said this to you, Adam. It just seemed like the end of the road. I think after that, the incident apparently with Cooper, etc. It just seemed like a, a break was needed. Like the relationship was become kind of untenable. I mean, he's just, not he's not played at all, has he? Apart from the Blackpool home game for Noon. He played a little bit at Newcastle. Yeah, he come on because he he obviously was vice captain in the promotion season mm. and was pretty much captain while well, captain was the final once yeah yeah so like it, it's such a sh- it's just a shame he put a dampener on his eventual departure because like Scott McKenna we're all going well he didn't really kick up a fuss and and, mm. and got on with it to not play in and we're going oh good luck Scott like farewell Joe Warrell all going. Well, we're not bothered because you turned your back on us a little bit. Well, I think uh, whereas, whereas, whereas before we would have said, "Oh, fair play, Joe. You want of our own. Good luck. Like, shame it's not worked out for you." I here. think if he if he if he does leave, I think it'll be kind of a bit of a split, won't it? I think there'll be a lot of people who will probably be, be um, will say, "Yeah, move on," and that's it. And then there'll be people who are sentimental about it. But but it, that that's football. Um, There's nothing to be sentimental about for me. Like, let's have it right. He what he did was worse than what Daniel Shelby did, and we all castigated mm. him and chased him out of the club. Let's have it right. It's no different because he's come through the academy. I, there will not be a single tear shed. If it, like it, he'll be the classic sort of like you know when a, a, a bad manager gets sacked and the club literally just say we've parted company, <laughs> and it's like it'll be like the Simpsons. I don't recall saying good luck. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's that is honestly the way I well, see it before. I could not care. It? I like, could not care less. Like he basically, he's walked. He's turned his back on his players. He's turned his back on the club. Good, good for him. Go, 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 go enjoy these. Is... Go enjoy you know, go, the championships. Yearning for you at Ashton Gate or something like that. Get out of the club. Like I, I you know, this less. is what I mean about the difference of. A... <laughs> so I mean about the difference of opinion. You so can't there, you've walk had a out of your club on the day of a game no, you... because you've no. had a mars because you've rightfully been dropped for costing the club through two points the week before. Like, I'm sorry. Grow up. Like, uh, yeah, no tears for me whatsoever. <laughs> I, I do, right. I do agree with you that 
but them things do happen. It's just ever since then, it's kind of been no way back, hasn't it? For him, I mean, what what is he good? Is that the only start? Is that Blackpool? Look at the Blackpool. Look at the Blackpool home game. Look how much he was constantly arguing with Montiel, and like it was like, why would they have any respect for him after what he did? Mm. Like, mm. you can't keep, even on, like, whatever basis you want, you cannot keep someone in the dressing room who the other players simply cannot stand. And it's very clear they don't. Mm. Like, they would be well, happy on the pitch otherwise. Yeah, I mean, um, that's why, that, I mean, that's why I said I thought, you know, it'd probably be best for me. But he's that, that, that happens legacy. in football. That, that's, that's, mm. no, that's his own fault. Like, he's torpedoed his own legacy at the club as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, which, so, it, you know, it, it, it is a shame because... You know, like Adams just said, he was, you know, club vice captain, whatever you want to say it, the captain in the playoff final who took us back to the Premier League. Um, and you know, and so for them type of members, I'll look, I'll look fondly. Who was part of that team? It's just kind of a shame. It's become a bit of a, it seems a bit of a dirty break, but that happens in life, and you know, everyone moves on unfortunately quickly. Yeah. Well. Anyway, um, we'll move on finally to the Bournemouth prediction. And Bournemouth have been obviously pretty good in the Prem. They're on 25 points at the minute. I know they're playing West Ham tomorrow night, bizarrely, um, which I suppose is probably a good thing for us. We get a couple of days extra rest before we trek down to the South Coast, assuming the wind doesn't blow their stadium away like last time or the time before. Um, and yeah, I mean, they've had a bit of a strange run. So they, they won four games in a row, including Nuno's first game at City Grounds. And then they conceded seven goals in two games with two bad defeats, granted against Spurs and Liverpool. But the Liverpool games at home, the whole four at home is pretty bad. So I don't know quite where they're at at the minute, really. I don't know where they're just, they're just riding a wave. Now the bubble's gone pop again. Obviously, they had a terrible start to the season. So it's a bit of an unpredictable one, really. I mean, they're only on, what, 25 points? Not that far ahead of us, really. And that's something we didn't really see coming. So, Reese, we'll start with you. What do you think is likely to happen? And uh, well, yeah. I mean, they never should have won that game as. I mean, I'm not going back over the referee, but... To be honest, I think in this run they've had the beat in the teams they would probably expect to beat, which has been our problem, really. You know, they beat us. Well, they've got a good result against us away from home. They beat Fulham at home. They've then lost to the teams, as in Tottenham and Liverpool since, who they probably don't expect to beat. Um, they've done well in the Cups because they absolutely trounced Swansea. I think it was um, whenever it was. Yeah, five, it'd be Swansea 5 yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean that... I see Luke Williams has took his knots defensive coaches to Swansea, it seems, um, with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, they're going to be favourites, aren't they, again, because they're at home. Um, I guess we'll have a slightly better barometer of how they do from tomorrow night's game with West Ham. We'll just see that as a game where they can go and maybe get a point. I'm sure they will do. So, um, and they'll, they'll be looking to beat us at home. We've got to go there and get something ideally a win <laughs> um because that would make life a little bit easier um but they 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 really are our bogey team aren't they Bournemouth you know that we didn't beat them last season we lost to them this season we lost to them twice in the season we got up so we've not beat them in at least the last five games so we kind of do owe them one and um, we was we was we was unlucky there last season because we started really well and we got that goal which was I think Ryan Yates's Willy Bolly's head was offside or something and obviously got cancelled. <laughs> yeah, and thankfully we got a late equaliser. Um so oh God. You know, if someone says again he's a thousand pounds, who would you fancy it'd be Bournemouth, unfortunately, but 
I think we might get a point. So I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. I know you're going, Adam, so don't get caught up in the tornado what might be down there. <laughs> get Sam size yeah. back on the face. Yeah. Same as last I'm, year. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a leaf out of Christian's book, who obviously made the 11-hour round trip to Newcastle to watch Matt Turner in goal and Chris Wood hat-tricks. <laughs> I, still remember, <laughs> I still remember him in the Championship absolutely... So my first visit, they absolutely battered us four one, um, to, and it was really good under Eddie Howe in the season after they went up as champions. But <laughs> I still remember going there um, when under Pierce when we was absolutely battered and we beat him two one and Matty Fry had scored. So we need something like that, you know. Yeah. Matty Fry must still be on under contract at the club. <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope he's fit and he can make us a goal. Yeah, finally, um, after several years. Yeah, yeah. After several years. Um, what was it? Um, I'm I'm going with Alex. Obviously, come on the pod um, a couple of weeks ago, and he said like if if Rob Jones is repping again, he might chase him like the Port Vale fan <laughs> did that against Portsmouth at the weekend. So I was like, oh for goodness sake, like I don't need any more drama going away games. But no, um. I'm I'm looking forward to it in the sense that it's a new ground to go to. Sunday is a bit of an odd one, uh, obviously to go to a new trip and go so far away. But You're not missing out with the ground. Don't I don't I don't care anyway. Um, I'm 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 going. It's the hope that kills you, isn't it? So, I'm I'd like to be positive, but it it's going to be difficult. But luckily, because we've got players back, Alanga Hudson Adoy is is going to get a bit more rest. Um. Taiwo uh, near Cate, hopefully, and we've got the extra two days on on Bournemouth, so I'm hoping that kind of plays into our hands a little bit. And this is a game where I think Nuno will go. Well, right, this this is one where we've got to target three points, and if we, I mean, we've scored five goals in our last two away games in the Premier League, so that gives me a little bit of hope in in, in that we can get something. But I'm I'm very much on the the same fence as Reese. I do think it will be a, a, a score draw of one one. Um, and I'll take that in in a sort in some sense because it's hard to get points away from home, especially when you're Forest and we've won what two or season three since we've come back up. So yeah, I'll take a point, but I won't be I won't be shocked to see us somehow win and and break the curse. Oh yeah, I mean it is some curse. I mean someone's just um just put in the comments like when did we last beat uh, Bournemouth? I can tell you now, it was on the 25th of February 2015. Was the last time we played seven. Yeah, we played seven. Yeah. We played them seven times since and not beat them. Obviously, including mm. going two and up against them last season and bloating. Ironically, we did the double. Did masterclass that? Right? Yeah, we did double over well, that, that season. Was, that was, yeah, uh, that was the season with the fright goal. Obviously, yeah. Pierce was manager down at the Vitality or Dean Court, as it used to be called, yeah. and Dougie just, masterclass at home. Just looking at the teams now, so obviously Bournemouth on two one. Callum Wilson scored for Bournemouth. Um, I wonder what happened to him. And uh, Samba Longa <laughs> scored for us. Then Matty Fryer. But in Bournemouth's team was uh, Lee Camp, a certain Steve Cook. Uh, Junior Stanislas, Matt Ritchie, Callum Wilson, Jan Kermigan, Leicester City legend, as we all know. Uh, Dan Gosling, who refused to come to Forest. Ian Hart on the bench as well. Goodness Ian me. Hart. And, uh, He's not snarling to Dan Gosling. Yeah. And um, that Toko Rante going, oh, yeah, it's nine years now. Goodness me. I, I, I just realised it's 2015. Yeah, it's 2024 now. I thought it was like 2020. <laughs> yeah, time flies. Um, I think that I'm going to be bold. I reckon we're going to win. I think. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I think we're going to win. I just think we're going to win. Um, Blind optimism. Well, it, a lot depends on tomorrow. If we don't get a goalkeeper, then I'll revise my prediction, and it'll be a very painful defeat, and Adam will be blown away in some wind somewhere and swimming back home. <laughs> but if, if we do get a goalkeeper um, that actually knows how to do his job properly, I think that 
yeah, I, I, I fancy us. I don't know why. I fancy Raining to make an immediate impact. I fancy Taiwo to come back. I'll probably have to bench again for the last half hour, 20 minutes or so, and to make a big impact against tired legs. And um, I think we'll get a Langer on the pitch a bit earlier. That'll help us a lot. Um, yeah, I think we'll be more set up to deal with Bournemouth this time round. Obviously, we'll have Gibbs White back up a bit more minutes in his legs now. I think we'll have wingers on the pitch. So we can, if we are to play that sort of contained game, we can do so much better because we've actually got players to give an out to, whether it's Rayner or you know Elanga or Hudson Odoi. Hopefully, one, one, hopefully two of those three are starting at least. And then, um, yeah, I think it's about winning the midfield battle then. And um, I fancy to do that. So yeah, I'm going to go for a, a cautiously optimistic two-one uh, win. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, I love it if we beat them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, um, We'll certainly see. Anyway, thank you all for joining and uh, for obviously getting your comments in, getting your steps on it, thoughts in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, obviously, <laughs> like we said earlier, it's basically Christmas Eve for Marinakis. So who knows what kind of presents we'll wake up to tomorrow or whenever you listen to this later today or well, assuming today, today will be tomorrow, whatever. But yeah, we will soon see. So hopefully we'll be with you after the Bournemouth game, hopefully with something positive to talk about. And hopefully not with 45 new right backs at the club for no apparent reason. So, but until then, uh, thank you all for joining and come on, you Reds. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.